My name's Clayton Walker. I'm one of the pastors here at Raider Church, and we're starting a brand new series uh, this week called Catfish. So let me ask you, how many of you know what catfishing is? Not like with the rod and the reel and the pole version. Okay, some hands went down. So, so what about, how, how many of you know the, the other version or the other way to, to, to catfish, okay? Like on, on social media, online. okay, so, so most of you know what that is. So, so catfishing, in case you don't know what I'm talking about and you're, you're thinking that I'm referring to catching fish like with a, uh, with a pole. Uh, that's not what we're talking about, okay, in this series. Um, catfishing is when you appear to be someone online that you're not. When you uh, come up with a fake profile in order to get a guy or, or, or to get a girl or, and, and you project yourself um, as someone that you're not. You hide and conceal the, the truth of who you are. So let me ask you this, okay, just as we get started, okay? And, and, and no shame, just we're all going to be honest. Okay, I'm going to be honest tonight too. So, so how many many of you have been catfished, like someone presented themselves and you thought they were something online and then you saw them and they weren't? Okay, some of you have. Okay, now let's get a little bit more real. How many of you have done that to someone else? Hands. What? Someone was trying to pull someone else's hand up, up here. Anybody else? Anybody else want to be honest and say, yeah, I've done that. I've, I've, I've created the fake profile. I've acted like I've put the, you know, the picture up of myself. Okay, none of you guys want to be honest, okay? This is no perfect people allowed, okay? I'm gonna admit, I've done it, all right? I've done it. Here's my profile, here's my fake profile right here. So, um, what? What's so funny? This is, my, this is my fake profile. I don't know if you have ever guys have ever heard of this guy. I know some, some of you might have, he's got 10 million followers. So, so this, but this is my fake profile. And so some of you guys may have seen it. Uh, sorry if I fooled you, I tricked you, but that, that's, that's really me. Um, but catfishing is when we appear to be something that we're not, when we hide the truth. And so in that sense, we've all done that. Like we're all, especially in this day and age and with the age of social media, we are all actually, every one of us in this room, especially if social media accounts, myself included, we are professional catfishers. We project an image of ourselves that often is not true. It's the highlight reel of what happens in our life, but it's not the reality of what's going on in our life. And a lot of us are, are professionals at it. Like we'll take 50 pictures of ourselves and find the, the one with the, the right lighting and the right smile and the right hairdo and, and then we put the filters on it. Okay, I've, I've done the same thing, okay? We're professional. All of us are professional catfishers, okay? Now, here's the other thing. We do the exact same thing with God. We do the exact same thing with God. And maybe some of us are, are here doing it tonight. We're here, we're, we're worshiping, and we're projecting this image of, of, of trying to do the best we can. And, and, and so we're here, and we're worshiping God, and we come to church, and, and, and we do that maybe often. And maybe you grew up going to church, and, and you come here every week, or, or you go to a church on the weekends every week, but you, you, you're in the routine of, of going. But, but that life there doesn't match up with, with your life maybe on other parts and other nights of the weekend or maybe at work or on that team or in that class. You project something maybe during this hour to God, but then you don't live like it outside of this place and you're just catfishing. You're acting like you're something to God that, that you're not really. You're projecting this false image, but that's not what's really going on inside your heart. 
And here's the, the bad thing, and here's the worst part of it. The longer we do that, the longer we delay actual change and growth and healing and forgiveness and freedom and joy in our lives that God wants for every one of us. God wants that for you. But the longer that we go on with this act, we kind of got one foot in with Jesus and, and one foot out. The longer you delay real healing, real growth, real change in your life. And so to hopefully kind of begin the change process where we go all in with Jesus, we're going to talk about what that looks like and how we do that this week and next week. And so to get started, I want to introduce you to the very first catfishers ever. Okay. So if you're following me, you're already turning to Genesis. Okay. So go to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter three. If you don't have a Bible, you can go online on your phone, on your browser, go to RaiderChurch.com, select sermon notes, and you can follow along with us, the verses and the points and everything are going to be there tonight. So you can follow right along with us, but here's what's going on in Genesis three. Okay. God has created Adam and Eve. And uh, he's put them in the garden and he's told them because he wants a love relationship. And this is key. Don't miss this. Okay. Because God wants a love relationship with Adam and Eve and, and with you. He gives them a choice because if he didn't give them a choice to follow him or not, that wouldn't be real love. That would just be creating robots that were forced to do what God told them to do. And, and Jesus said that God's love language is obedience. He said that when he said, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. And so God's love language is obedience. And so he creates Adam and Eve and he gives them a, a choice by putting this tree in the middle of the garden. It's called the, the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And he tells them, don't, don't, don't eat from that tree. Don't eat the fruit from that tree. All the other trees, all, every other tree in the entire garden you can eat from, but don't eat from this one tree. So God gives Adam and Eve a choice so that they would choose to love him, honor him, obey him, worship him. He, they, didn't, they didn't have to because they had a choice with this tree that God told them not to eat from. And so sure enough, just like Isaiah 53 says, we all like sheep, we go astray. We each turn to our own way. Adam and Eve did the same thing. And they chose to turn away from God, to go astray from God and to eat the fruit from this tree. And so that's what's happened here. And so here's where we pick up Genesis chapter three, starting in verse seven. Then after they ate the fruit from this tree that God told them not to eat from, then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden, in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to the man and said to them, where are you? And the man said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid myself. You know, if you've ever played hide and seek with kids, you know how funny it is when they try to hide, right? I mean, like when I play hide and go seek with my kids, I'll, I'll walk into a room and I'll hear two of them kind of talking together like, I don't, I don't think he's coming. I don't think he sees us. 
And they're, you know, they're going back and forth and, and they're laughing. And, and if I'm playing with Nixon, she'll be under a comforter or under a, a, a chair where you can see like all the way around it. And you can clearly see that she's under the tree and she'll just be going. <laughs> I mean, she's just laughing. She, th- she thinks she's hiding from me, but, but I can see her. I walk into her room and I, I, I see her. Sometimes when I, I come home from work from the day, I'll, I'll be looking around and I'll, I'll give everyone, you know, I'm giving everyone hugs and asking about their day and stuff like that. And I'll notice Coben's nowhere to be found. Like, where's Coben? And I'm like, oh yeah, he's hiding. So I'll go and I'll, he hears me come home and he'll run and hide somewhere. And again, I'll walk into my room and it's like the comforter's moving all over the place, you know, and he's, he's underneath it, but he thinks he's hiding from me. You know, you'll walk into the living room and, and they're underneath our coffee table, but their feet are sticking out the back of it, you know? And so they, they think they're hiding from me, but I can see him. But what do I do? I play along. Where are you? I can't say, I wonder where they're at. I guess they're gone. I don't know what happened to them. Okay. So I, I play along and I act like they're hiding. I don't force them to come out. I, I kind of play their game with them, even though I know where they're at. I mean, how funny is it that Adam and Eve are trying to hide from God? It's like they're hiding behind this tree and you can see, you know, them on both sides of the tree. And so God comes walking through the garden and it says that Adam and Eve went and hid. Why would they hide from God? Why did they hide? Why did they run? The, the Bible kind of makes it seem like Adam and Eve knew this sound, like this sound was a familiar sound to them. Like they hear God coming to walk through the garden in, in the cool of the day as if this was something that happened on a regular basis where they would meet with God and, and talk with God and enjoy each other's company. It was like they had this close fellowship, this close relationship, and they enjoyed each other's company. And before sin entered the world, they enjoyed this unique, special relationship with God. But today it's different. They hear the sound of God and they run and they hide. They used to delight in their time with God. But this day is different. They hear the sound of the God, a sound of God walking in the garden. They dread it. They're not delighting in it. And so here's what you've got to understand about concealing your sin and hiding from God. It's this, it's that concealed sin will cause you to dread what you used to delight in. Concealed sin will cause you to dread what you used to delight in. You see, I, I know this about you because it's true of, of me too, that when I sin or when I've sinned, when I've messed up, when I've screwed up, being in the presence of God or reading my Bible or praying or, or hearing a worship song, that's the last thing that I want. And so it's why when you mess up or when you've had a bad week or when you screw up that one weekend, this is the last place you want to come. You used to enjoy it. You loved being here the week before. You loved worshiping God. You loved spending time in God's word. You loved praying. You, you, you loved it, but you messed up that week. You fell. And so instead of 
coming into the presence of God, something you used to delight in, now you, you dread it and you find yourself making excuses for coming back or going back to that small group or going back to your Bible. You used to delight in it, but because you've sinned, because you've messed up, you, you dread it now. When unfortunately, that's exactly the place that we need to go. And I'll tell you why later, why we can have confidence to go back into the presence of God. But they hear the, the sound of, of God and they run and, and they hide. And that's not the only thing to do. The, the next thing they do is they cover themselves up with leaves. I mean, can you imagine? They come out of the, the bushes and, and they're covered in leaves. And I'm just thinking like God. Now, God didn't do this because God's perfect, you know. But, but, if, but if it was me and I, I saw them coming out of the bushes and they're, they're covered in leaves, I'd be like, what? what's all that? Like, what do, you, what do you got all over you? You're, you? You put leaves together and you put those all over your body? Like, why, do you, why are you covered in leaves? Like, what's the deal with the leaves? That's what I would have done. God's heart was broken over their sin. But I can just picture them coming out of the bushes and when covered in leaves. It reminds me, not long ago, my uh, daughter Nixon was told she couldn't have this brownie. There was a tray of brownies and they were for a school party. And, and my wife told Nixon, you, you can't eat. And Nixon wanted one of the brownies. She said, no, you can't have the brownies. They're for, they're for the party. They're for kids at school. If there's some left over after that, you can have one then, but you can't have a, a, a brownie right now. And so my wife and I are in our living room. We're sitting down and watching TV, talking, whatever. And Nixon comes around the corner, just like nothing's wrong. And, and she's got chocolate all over her face. Here's the picture right here. She's got it all over her face. It's all over her hands. And my wife says to Nixon, she goes, Nixie, did you eat the brownie? I told you not to eat. No, mom, I didn't eat the brownie. Nixon, you, you've got chocolate all over your face. It's all over your, your, your hands. You, you ate the brownie. No, mom, I, I didn't eat the brownie. <laughs> you, you've got chocolate all over you. You, you ate the brownie. And I have to just picture that as a parent, seeing your kids, God seeing his kids come out of hiding and seeing them covered in leaves and be like, what did you do? What did you do? And you see, the problem with trying to cover up our sin is this, is this the cover up is often worse than the crime itself. The cover up is often worse than the crime itself. You see, when we sin, when we mess up, when we screw up, we often want to run and hide, but then we often want to cover up our sin and act like nothing happened or, or act like it, it wasn't a big deal or we try to kind of fix it on our own or we try to do better or, or try harder. And whenever we do that, we're just trying to cover up what we've done, the mess that we've made. And the reason why that's often worse than the crime is because as long as you're trying to cover up your sin, you won't experience the, the healing and the forgiveness and the change and the empowering and the strength that only God can do in you and through you and for you. You see, the great news of the gospel is that you don't clean yourself up and then come to Jesus. 
You come to Jesus and he cleans you up and he fills you with this spirit and he changes you from the inside out and he gives you the strength and the power and the ability to turn from that sin. But as long as you're covering it up, you'll never experience the healing and the forgiveness that God wants you to have. You see, 1 John says this, it says, Confess your sin to God because he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We want to cover up our sin. God wants us to confess our sin. We want to run from the presence of God. God wants us to run into his presence and then confess our sin because he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and then to cleanse you. You don't cleanse yourself and then come to God. You don't cleanse yourself because you mess up this week and you try to fix it and you try to do better and you try to be a better person before you come back here next week. No, 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 no. You mess up this week. You fall short this week. You come running back to the presence of God. You go running back to the word of God. You go running back to worship and you confess your sin. And then that's when the real change and healing will begin. So they hide from God. They try to cover themselves up and then watch what happens next. Verse 11. And he said, God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the, the woman whom you gave me to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what, what is this that you've done? And the woman said, it's the serpent. He deceived me and I ate. You see, here's the next thing you got to understand is that as long as you shift the blame, you stay the same. As long as you keep shifting the blame, you'll just stay the same. Real change begins when you own your sin, you come into the presence of God, you own your sin, you confess it, and that's when the change and the healing and the forgiveness and the cleansing begins. But as long as you just keep shifting the blame to someone else or, or, or to this circumstance or, or this reason or whatever, as long as you keep shifting the blame, you stay the same. That's why the first step in Alcoholics Anonymous, the very first words in the first step is we admit. We admit that we are powerless over alcohol, that alcohol has power over me. It's the very first step. Because you can never be free from alcohol addiction as long as you're shifting the blame and you're not owning your struggle. So as long as you shift the blame, you stay the same. And so to experience real change, it starts with getting real. Real change starts with getting real, real with God, real with other people, coming into the presence of God and confessing, not covering it up, not conceal it, but confessing to God. And then James 5 says, if you confess to other people, like to a community of believers and, and you're real with them and you stop faking like everything's fine and you get real with some other followers of Jesus, James 5 says, 
that when you confess your sin to others, your struggles with others, you'll be healed. Real change begins with getting real with God and getting real with others. And some of you are here and you don't have that community. You don't have those followers of Jesus that you can do life with. And I wanna challenge you, if, that, if you don't have that, to get involved in one of our life transformation groups. You can fill out the form online or just check the box on that card. But we all need that, that group of people that we can be real with, that we don't have to act like everything's okay and everything's fine, but we can be real with them because real change starts when we get real with God and we get real with others. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. You know, when God came walking through the garden, he didn't force Adam and Eve out of hiding. He invited them. And I believe God is inviting you out of hiding tonight. There's some of you here, you, you've kind of got one foot in with Jesus and, and, and one foot in with the world and with a lifestyle that, that doesn't back up what you do here. And I believe God's inviting you to come out of hiding tonight, to stop covering it up, but to confess where you really are. God came walking through the garden and he said, where are you? He knew where they were. God knew where they were, but he comes walking through and he says, where are you? And I think he's asking some of you the same questions tonight. Where are you? And you'd be like, I'm right here. Like I'm sitting in this room. And then he said, no, where, where are you? Like, where is your heart? Where are you spiritually? Have you gone all in with Jesus or have you still got one foot in and one foot out? Where are you? And I believe God wants to invite some of you out of hiding tonight. You know, later in chapter three, Genesis three, verse 21, the Bible says after all this kind of unfolds that God took garments, some skin garments, and he clothed Adam and Eve. In other words, God made an animal sacrifice and he took the, the skin from those animals and, and God clothed them with the skin from that sacrifice so that they could be clothed for real. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is called the, the Lamb of God. Isaiah 53 says that the Lamb of God, Jesus, would be wet, led away like a lamb to the slaughter. That he would willingly go and be slaughtered on a cross to pay the penalty, to pay the fine for our sin. And here's what's so um, amazing about that is that in Revelation, it says that those who've been clothed in righteousness their names will be written in the Lamb's book of life. The, whose book? The Lamb's book of life. 
You know, the Bible says that when you give your life to Jesus, you are clothed in righteousness. Your sin is completely forgiven. It was, the Bible says it was as red as scarlet, but now it's as white as snow because you've been clothed in white, clothed in righteousness. You now have a right standing with God. And even when you sin, even when you mess up, Hebrews 10 makes it clear that Christ died once for all, meaning he died for your sin past, present, and future. And so as a follower of Jesus, when you mess up, even when you screw up, your sin is forgiven because Christ died once and for all, and you've been clothed with the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness that came from the Lamb of God who was slain in your place for your sin. And so you've been clothed in righteousness. You've been clothed in white and your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life, never to be removed. So that's why follower of Jesus, when you mess up or when you screw up, you can come straight back into the presence of God. You can go straight back to your Bible. You can go straight back into worship. You can go right back to that small group. You can come right back to Raider Church the next week. Not because your sin's not a big deal. No, it was a huge deal. It was such a huge deal that Jesus slaughtered his own son as a sacrifice in your place. That's how big of a deal it was. But we don't have to run and we don't have to hide and we don't have to conceal and we don't have to cover up and we don't have to put on a show or this act anymore. Because the real change and the real healing and the forgiveness starts when you get real. And some of you tonight, you need to come out of hiding from your sin for the first time and give your life to Jesus so that your sin can be forgiven and so that you can be clothed in those garments of righteousness, those clothed in, in white so that your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life. Where every person's name who is in heaven now and will ever be in heaven is written. And that could be you tonight if you give your life to Jesus and you trust in his payment of your fine, quit trying to be a good enough person. The Bible says salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done. Good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people do. You can't try your way into heaven. You can't do better your way into heaven. It's only through coming to Jesus and trusting in his sacrifice for your sin that you're clothed in those garments of righteousness and made right with God. And so if that's you, I want to challenge you. Fill out that card that was in your chair and check that box that says you're committing your life to Christ. And then stop by the Next Step Center after the service. We've got a Bible for you and we want to celebrate that decision with you. But tonight, whether for the first time or maybe you're coming back to God tonight because God's inviting you out of hiding tonight, you say, yeah, that's me. I want to challenge you. I want to invite you to come out of hiding and maybe tonight would be the night that you would get real with God. One of the ways that you can do that is by getting baptized. You know, one of the ways and maybe a powerful spiritual marker for you would be to go public with your new faith in Jesus. Or maybe as you come back to Jesus for the first time in a long time, 
It would be time to get baptized, to make that spiritual marker in your life that this is the day that I'm coming out from hiding. I've had one foot in with Jesus and one foot out. I'm going all in with Jesus. I'm going both feet in with Jesus. And I'm going to go public with my decision and get baptized. You know, that could be a powerful spiritual marker for you tonight. The night that you came out of hiding, you stopped covering it up. You stopped putting on the show and you got real with Jesus. There's a girl named Michaela who made that decision not long ago. She got baptized. She started coming to Raider Church and she just got on fire for Jesus and, and she ended up getting baptized. And I, I want you to see her story and why she made that decision. So check it out. My name is Michaela Aldridge. I'm a sophomore here at Tech and I'm a pre-nursing major. I grew up in a Christian home and went to a private school. And because of that, I kind of always knew who Jesus was, but my life was so far from perfect. When I was 10, my life was definitely shaken. My mom had a really bad drug problem for her whole life. She had recently quit, but her severe withdrawals ended up making her really sick. Not long after that, I was spending the night at my grandma's and she woke me up in the middle of the night and told me my mom had been rushed to the hospital and by the time we got there, she had passed away from an overdose. This wasn't the time I found Jesus. This was the time I strayed the most from him because on top of that, my dad wasn't around, so I ended up living with my grandparents and moving to a public school. I blamed God for everything that happened with my parents. I was so angry at everything. I went through middle school thinking I was the cool girl and did whatever I could to fit in and tried so hard to grow up way too fast. My first two years of high school were the same. I wasn't the nicest girl. I was the cheer captain that everyone knew and I got caught up in a toxic relationship with a boy who didn't know Jesus and friends that encouraged me to do the wrong things. And I did. I just kept straying further and further away. One day, my senior year of high school, my friend Nancy introduced me to her church in Mesquite, Texas. That was the first time I had gone to church in four years. And on September 16, 2015, I recommitted my life to Jesus. I realized I couldn't blame him for taking people out of my life, for my mom passing away, and I realized that he makes no mistakes and his plan is so much better than my own. When I came to Tech, freshman year was definitely rough. I had committed my life to Christ, but was still partying every weekend and hanging out with the wrong crowd. I was coming to Raider Church, but I had one foot in and one foot out. I would hear the messages and there were so many things I wanted to do and fix, but I never did anything about it. And then one day I was just tired of it. I just didn't want that other life because it felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. I knew baptism was my next step. I was scared because I knew it was a step more than just saying a prayer to myself. It's public and an open confession for your love for Jesus. I was scared for sure because it's a huge deal, but not once did I second guess myself. I knew that this was the next step for me. I was baptized at Raider Church on September 26, 2017, and it was the best day of my life and definitely the most powerful. I remember I kept crying before I was dunked, not because I was sad, but because when I sat down and tuned everything out, I realized what a huge moment it was. I remember the song, Oh Praise the Name, was playing, and I saw my friends were sitting in the front row crying with me. My best friend was watching the live stream from Dallas. The students that filled the room were cheering for me and they didn't even know my name. 
and they didn't even have to because they were all there supporting me and witnessing something so powerful. That was when I felt closer to Jesus than I ever had before. It didn't matter how broken I was, it didn't matter how vulnerable I was, it didn't matter how ugly my past was. Like I've said before, what mattered is that I had a once in a lifetime opportunity to sit in front of my peers, let go of everything, focus on Him and confess my devotion to Him. I didn't notice anyone in the audience. All I saw and all I felt was Jesus and me starting over and openly confessing my love to Him. I remember coming up out of the water and all I could think was finally. It was after that that I felt like I was going all in for Jesus, like doing less of what wasn't fulfilling me and replacing it with Jesus. If you've been baptized, you know the exact feeling I'm talking about. If you haven't, then you still can. I had a chance that many people around the world don't have and wish they had. I can't stress enough that your sin is not too big and your past is not too ugly. If there's one thing I'm sure of, it's that we have a Father that gives so much love and so much grace to us that we don't even realize. His love is so overwhelming and it's undeniably there, even when you think it's not. I'm so thankful for it and I'm so thankful that Raider Church helped me see it. Would you help me give Michaela a hand for sharing her story with us? You know, Michaela said that she wanted to get baptized as a symbol of going all in with Jesus, going in with both feet. And, and some of you are here tonight, and we, we had a bunch of people signed up to get baptized, and they're going to get baptized here in a second. But, but some of you, I, I believe God is calling out of hiding tonight. And one of the ways that you can really mark that and remember that is by going public with your decision to get baptized. And some of you are like, you mean, you mean sign up for like one, you know, in a couple months? And, and I would say, yeah, you could, but, but you could do it tonight too. Like you may not have come thinking you were going to get baptized or, or ready, but we came thinking you might get baptized and we came ready for you to get baptized. We've got shorts and, and shirts and um, all kinds of like undergarment stuff and, and um, everything that you need to get changed into so that you could get baptized and, and dry off and leave dry in what you came. We've got people here taking pictures and videos so that you can share it with people. And so I, I believe that some of you are here tonight and God's calling you out of hiding tonight. And you need to go public with your decision to follow Jesus or to come back to Jesus tonight. Tonight's your night. And so here in just a second, we're gonna stand and we're gonna worship and you're gonna see some people get baptized. And if that's you and God's calling you tonight to get baptized on the spot, like the book of Acts where people would give their life to Jesus and then immediately like find the nearest body of water and get baptized. Maybe that's what God's calling you to do tonight, to go public, to come out of hiding, to go all in with Jesus. And if that's you, you can just make your way out of your row here in just a second. I'm going to count to three. We're going to stand up. People are going to leave and we've got people signed up to get baptized. And then some of you who didn't plan to, I believe God's going to call to get baptized tonight on the spot. And if that's you, you make your way out of your row and you exit that door on my right, your left, it's right there in the middle. It's got a big exit sign. You go out that door and we've got a team there ready to receive you and help you and channel you and kind of put you, push you in the right direction. All right. But regardless, whether you get baptized or not, it's time to get real with God and go all in 
with Jesus. Let's stand. We're gonna worship here in just a second. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to make your way out of your row and exit if God's calling you to get baptized right now on the spot. One, two, three. There's already people moving. If that's you, go right now. Let's give them a hand. Let's just celebrate what God's doing in people's lives. People getting real with God tonight public with their decision to follow Jesus. It's not too late for you. If that's you, make your way out of your row right now and head out that door and get baptized and go public with your decision to follow Jesus. Show Jesus. Tell Jesus how much you love to him tonight. Demonstrate your love for Jesus tonight and go all in with Jesus. As we sing, let's get real with God. We don't